Welcome to Live in a Home That Pays You Back, the podcast for people who want to get the absolute most out of owning a home. Your host is Anna D. Simone, who explains how your home can be healthy, sustainable, and provide long-term security for you and your family. Anna's guests include technology leaders and innovators in the housing industry who share the kind of knowledge you need to meet the market with confidence. Make informed decisions about home construction, renovation, energy scores, water conservation, wind, solar, geothermal power, and lots more. It's time for you to live in a home that pays you back. Now here's your host, Anna DeSimone. Hello everyone, today's podcast is about modular homes. And as you frequently hear on my introduction, the whole series of my podcasts are about having consumers get the absolute most out of home ownership. I am so thrilled to have the opportunity today to speak with Kellen Hanna, who is Director of Growth for Devel Homes. Now, I first learned about Devel when I was writing an article for Earth 911 and was amazed at their wide range of beautiful and sustainable homes. But before we get started, I just want to update everyone on a couple of important items here. Two important pieces of information were published over the last 30 days. First of all, the United States Census gave their latest statistics on what the average consumer is paying across America for utilities. And it turns out it's $3,000 a year. Now, CNBC in January released a report that said the average homeowner in America is spending $6,000 a year on maintenance and repairs of their home. And that information was backed by Angie's List, who stated that the average cost that homeowners were spending was $4,400 a year. So I just wanted to tell you that if you drastically reduced your utility cost and you didn't have any maintenance, that is approximately the equivalent of borrowing $150,000 on a mortgage, like a 30-year fixed at, say, between 4 and 5%. So I am a big fan of modular homes. I am a big fan of Devel Homes, and I am happy to introduce Kellen Hanna. Thank you, and welcome, Kellen. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm scribbling away as you're spouting all those numbers. I'm like, great. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is amazing data. And I'm is. so glad people are capturing it because it's really one of the, like, the real world results of like a modular home and having an efficient home and, you know, a low cost, low maintenance home is you actually have these real tangible benefits of saving loads of money. Like you said, $150,000 over a 30 year mortgage. That's kind of insane. Yeah. Well, that means the difference between a $300,000 house and a $450,000 house. Yes. But just to clarify, I mean, modular homes are virtually maintenance free. They have a lower carbon footprint, cradle to grave. But the most important thing that we want to clarify on this podcast is modular homes are considered traditional homes from the mortgage and financial landscape. They are equivalent to stick-built homes because you own the title and they're built on foundations. And as of now, about a million people in America are living in modular homes, and they can be 
architecturally stunning. So mm -hmm. tell us about the background of Devel and how your firm has grown to be a nationwide provider of healthy and sustainable homes. Yeah, absolutely. So Devel was born about officially about five years ago. And really, it has roots that started about 10 years ago, maybe even 15. Um, yeah. One of our founders, Brandon Weiss, is, um, you know, I think a third year generation home builder, custom home builder. So he, he's already very well versed in what goes into building a good quality home. But then he actually went over to Europe, I think on a, a basketball scholarship, and he stayed to learn a lot about their sustainable methods and what goes into a home and what's advanced manufacturing really. And like, how do we improve the home? So he stayed behind, learned a ton, and it was bringing that all back to America when he actually found the two brothers, Kurt and Chris. Good job. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're the other two people of this trifecta. And they actually successfully exited and sold their previous company um, up in Canada. And they were already using metal construction and kind of doing a prefab model and building high end as well. But, uh, you know, from day one, they knew that there was a ton of inefficiencies and, and ways just to improve the entire process. So fate brought them together. Uh, Kurt and Chris went down to a tech conference, building tech conference, and they actually met Brandon there. And they decided that now was the time to build a healthy home that's actually good for the planet and for the occupants, the people living in it. So it was their minds coming together, their their mission of wanting to create a better home uh, for everyone and to improve the environment is, is what set it off. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Well, you know, the Europeans, uh, we know are very big on the passive home and making yeah. the most use out of the sun and construction materials. Yes. But, you know, the cost of housing has gotten so expensive. You know, the average home in America just keeps climbing. But I would like to say most people today are so concerned about interest rates. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, interest rates doubled over a 12-month period. But, you know, I also want to say that the good news is that over the past two years, the United States, and that includes every single region in the United States, Pacific Mountain, Central, Northeast, South Atlantic, every single region has, has benefited from an annual rate of appreciation that averaged between 12 and 20%. And so the past 12 months across all regions, the average appreciation rate has been 13.9%. Hmm. And so just to give you an example, uh, if you have a home where you have a land value of 100000 and you purchased a developed home for $400,000, that's a $500,000 value. Mm -hmm. Within three years, your home value would grow to $712,000 at that 13.9% appreciation rate. Mm -hmm. And so rather than wait for the interest rates to go down, I think I just want to remind consumers that one price doesn't fit all. You have to get the house when you can get it at the right price and just get in the door. And you need to be flexible because you can always refinance in two or three years. Mm -hmm. And so if you were borrowing $300,000, 
that which is the average loan amount in America, saving an interest rate jump of 1% is going to cost about $2,400 more a year. And you have to ask yourself, am I willing to spend $2,400 a year more for a home that will be going up in value between seventy dollars and $80,000 a year? Now, I'm not going to say that that 14% rate of appreciation is going to go on forever. But I will share this with you. It has not dropped below 9% over the past nine years. So real estate is your lifetime nest egg. It is so important to look at it as a major investment. And what is really hurting people, and there have been many studies, is all of the maintenance and repair and upkeep of homes. And the pandemic did teach us one lesson. It is very hard to get a repair person. It's very hard to get materials. And so I won't take up any more time on this. I want to get back to hear what Kellen has to say. And I, I want to ask, let's start at the beginning. People buy a piece of land or maybe they're looking for land. What's the first step for your customers? Yeah, great question. And to add a sub bullet to your note about the appreciation and how good an investment at home can be with those appreciation rates. Um, when you consider building a home like ours, that's as eco-friendly and sustainable and well-built as ours, green homes, quote unquote, can appreciate yeah. even closer to 20%. That's true. It's they true. have a higher value. Yeah. They've proven to sell for more in a neighborhood of traditionally built homes. So yes. um, there's a lot going for you just by building uh, with newer technology, modular homes, you know, eco-friendly, yes. sustainable. Absolutely. So building a house with us and like the whole process. So if you do not have land, you would want to be looking at um, – First, our, one of our office hours session, we have a recorded video on YouTube. So this is a perfect plug where you can watch myself and one of our senior most experts on our team, Sam Love. He went to school for zoning and bylaws and construction, and he knows all about what goes into permitting and how to assess land. Yeah. And that's in a really yeah. important episode to watch because he'll tell you what to look for, what not to look for, things to think about. So as an example, in California, um, just about anywhere you buy is governed by, uh, you know, one jurisdiction of a zoning and bylaw, usually with your city or county. But if you buy on the coast, you have an overarching authority from the, the coastal authorities that supersede anything else that's already written. So most people don't know that. And I use that as an example because it's really important to be educated. So I would say for anyone building any home, don't uh, put the onus on a general contractor, an architect, or the builder. You should be learning what your zoning is for where you're planning to build. That's step one. Um, yes. Like I said, look at the video. That'll teach you a whole bunch. But number two is, I say common sense, but it's more so if you're looking to build modular and you know the home is going to be coming in in like a large single module piece like ours do or like a flat panel or you know, various sizes of a home, if it's prefabricated, you'll want to be looking at a land that's easily accessible by a large, you know, shipping container truck, flatbed truck, semi truck. You want to make sure there's enough room for a large, think of a large, large, large delivery moving truck. Can it get down the road? 
you know, will it not touch low hanging wires and power lines right. and, and trees? And, you know, that's about 70% of what we say is a feasible build for modular. After that, you have to look at the land itself. Generally, you want to look for flat land away from water or at least a flood zone or where water could, um, you know, rise and supersede to, recede to. So, um, you know, avoid swamps and bogs and all that sort of stuff. Sure. But generally, flat land, that's something you should be keeping on your radar as you're looking for land. After that, the process is just about the same as if you had land and you're coming to build with us. You'd want to have a really good idea about the home you're building. Maybe you're deciding between, you know, two, three bedroom homes that are roughly 2,000 square feet, 2,500 square feet. And we need to know that size and how many modules are going to really be able to assess your land. So step one is, you know, have a good idea about what your permitting and zoning is. And, and one B would be, you know, understand that your the roads and, and the land should be fairly flat. Step two would be look at our homes on our catalog page, figure out which ones are best for you. And step three would be contact us, tell us your address, tell us which home you're interested in. And we're going to do our own internal land feasibility study where we look at the topographic surveys and soil surveys that you send us. Hopefully you have them. If not, it's not a big deal. Google does a lot for us. So you can <laughs> use Google Maps for a variety of different layers and, and look at the different striata and elevations of the land. Um, but once we get the green light from our project management team that says, hey, we are you know 90% to a high degree percentage confident that we can safely deliver modules and build on this piece of land, then we say, hey, great, we got the check mark. Now let's seriously look at the house you're looking to buy and think about the options and the tiers. And then it's kind of the regular buying experience from that. Yeah. And your website is great with all of the details that it provides for what to do if you found a piece of land. Yeah, I think exactly. that's so important because that's a big mystery. I mean, that I think that's the one thing that keeps people from buying a prefabricated house or a house that can be delivered. But can you describe like the range of options for like different foundation options, house size, and yeah. your roofs and site exterior features? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll start by saying that one of the big drivers and philosophies behind what we're doing is this idea of standardization. We're turning the home into a product. And what that means is we're trying to build the same repeatable home as much as possible. So um, when we think about what is plaguing the building industry right now, it's People want what they want. You know, what you want in a home is different from what I want in a home. And people want customized floors and ceilings and windows and countertops. And all that customization is really a variation that strains the supply chain, strains the amount of, you know, technicians and tradespeople that you can bring to your house because different tradespeople will know how to do certain things with certain materials. So, to alleviate all that headache and stress, we're standardizing the home. So the structure is built out of the same light gauge steel, floors, walls, and ceilings, always the same. We always use the same drywall. We always use the same exterior insulation. We use the same liquid applied membrane that um, reduces air uh, flow and water flow. So you have a really, really tight air envelope. We're using generally the same 
uh, one to two manufacturers for our floors, the same two manufacturers for either metal siding or the wood siding. So because we're reducing the amount of materials and logistics that goes into building a home, you're going to get a home like everyone thinks about when they're building a prefabricated home, you're going to get a home built on time faster, generally for less money. So that being said, our foundations are always the same. They are always a crawl space, kind of think of it like a, a concrete bathtub. And we do this because uh, for a couple of different reasons in California, or if you're in a fire prone area, yeah. having a crawl space that is not ventilated to the exterior, but only ventilated internally with our air filtration system, you're significantly reducing the chances of airborne embers getting into a crawl space to start a fire. Well, that's climate resilient. Yeah. Yeah. So climate resilient. Exactly. We also use this crawl space as just like an, an area to run all of our plumbing and mechanical um, parts through. So you have like a very cleanly built home. You're not going to have any surprises in a wall. Things aren't going to, uh, you know, not fit together. We're always using really the same manufacturing methods, the same planning method. So crawl space, always the same. So people ask us, um, can we build on, uh, you know, stilts or elevated garages? No, we can't. Not right now, but in the future, possibly. Um, so we're always building on top of that four foot, five foot crawl space area. Excavation is pretty straightforward for that. Um, the concrete foundation is poured and people will say concrete's not that sustainable. I 100% agree. And in fact, we're starting to move away from using entirely concrete on the crawl space. The walls of the crawl space will now be using our light gauge steel and we'll send that to the site so that the general contractor can build that ahead of time. So you're significantly reducing um, the amount of embodied carbon in that um, structure of the foundation. Also, the risk of drought, which is tearing away the concrete foundations in the yeah. drought areas in the northwest and southwest yes. this past couple of years. Yes, Well, exactly. Well, but you know, the unique thing is you are using the same materials and, you know, building all of your homes with similar processes and steps, except that because people are their own general contractor, they're buying a piece of land and purchasing a home for you and then building it in their own little corner of the world. So mm -hmm. their their neighbors are not going to have their, you know, a clone of their house. And I guess in some cases you could, but for the most part, the home is so unique and it's a, it's like the closest thing, I think, to a custom-built home that you could get. It really is. But it makes so much sense, and it, it really cuts down the completion time from start to beginning. I think a stick-built house, you're looking at at least a year, any size house, and that can take as long as a year and a half or even longer, depending on the type of materials or lumber or tile or wood, you know, materials that you're using. And also... The problem in America that we've had over the past four or five years is we've had a serious lack of people who can do the construction work. Mm -hmm. So we've had the, you know, even though we've had lumber shortages, we've had a greater shortage of construction workers. And mm -hmm. so I, I like the, the modular home option because not only is it sus totally sustainable, 
It is so much healthier for your home. I'm mean, I'm not on home health and indoor air quality. So mm-hmm. speaking of that, tell us a little bit about your air cleaning systems and the solar options and the other sustainable features of the Devel Homes, Callan. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the air quality starts with how the homes are built. So earlier I mentioned um, metal framing. So because we're using metal framing, the likelihood of termites or insects and mold and mildew getting into the wall and eating away at that organic material is next to zero. Um, the way we build our home is also putting the foam, the high density foam for the insulation on the exterior of the home. So you're not getting uh, humidity and condensation and creating mold inside the home like many do. So that's in step two. Step number three is on the outside of the home, we apply a liquid membrane around the entire envelope of the house. That's an airtight, watertight membrane. So again, the transfer of air and water moving inside and outside the home is next to nothing. Um, And then we have a few more layers that go into the actual building structure. So right from day one, as we build these modules, we have your health in mind for air quality, um, for pollution, and just for like an overall uh, improved environment. So because we build that home or build our homes that way, we're reducing, you know, some of the number one culprits that lead to poor air quality inside the home. So mold, mildew, insects, termites, um, rodents, all these exterior forces, we'll call them water. They get inside the home and they create an environment where um, you're breathing in bad particles, we'll call it. So, because we build our home that way, we are basically reducing all that to next to nothing. And then once you add in our air filtration system, um, you're getting a home that's constantly breathing and recycling clean, fresh filtered air throughout the entire home. So mm. we um, use an ERV system, so an energy recovery ventilator. So we're constantly moving like like warm humid air, let's say out of a bathroom where you just had a shower and we're expelling it from the bathroom through vents in the ceiling, uh, in the top of the wall. And we move it either into another room or we send it back to the main air filtration system where it's cleaned and reprocessed and sent back to the rest of the home. So the likelihood of mildew building it up is in bathroom is very low. And then once you add on things um, like UV light filters and other applications that you can add to the home, you're getting a home that, you know, is killing and reducing bacteria, mold, viruses, mildew, you know, in excess of 90% of what's in most homes. So um, mm. truly the air you're breathing inside of one of our homes is cleaner than the air outside. And, you know, the, the next cleanest air is either going to be in some sort of scientific lab or hospital. <laughs> I believe it. And if you listen to my air quality podcast, you'll know that, you know, there could be a wildfire 50 or 100 miles away from where you live. And it's still going to pollute the outside air and get to your house. So you have a very strong thermal envelope. And I I love that whole, you know, liquid membrane. But how about the solar energy panels? Are you including them? Yeah, they included. Uh, so we have two tiers to our homes. One is the advanced line, and the second is the essential. Um, essential would be a bit more uh, for your essentials. So like 
smaller windows, not necessarily floor to ceilings. Um, you're not going to get as upgraded appliances as in the advanced model. So you're still going to get entirely the same building envelope, the same advanced materials that go into the home, just slightly different, you know, uh, windows and doors and appliances and countertops, really. Those things that people would normally customize in a home to make it feel more like theirs or make it feel more luxurious is what comes in the advanced line. So all of the homes are capable of having solar yeah, I and saw that. batteries. Yeah. They're all roughed in, you know, built in. But our advanced line come with it already installed. Uh, we install it on the site. And because our homes are so energy efficient, the, the solar array, the size you need is very small. So we put in um, about a 37, 3900 square foot home in Santa Rosa, California. In November, we did an That's open house, house there. Yeah, it's a big house. Um, I think the array on it is maybe five kilowatts. So relatively small for the size of the home yeah, that it, it is. is. Yeah. Because the home is so energy efficient, recycling power, and we use all Energy Star rated appliances. We use a heat pump for the air conditioning and a heat pump for the, the furnace, which is the heat. Wow. Five kilowatt for practically a 4,000 square foot house. Yeah. That's and then the battery fantastic. on that size of a house was about 13 kilowatts. So it's a very large battery, but we do that on purpose so that you're able to um, you know, absorb loads of energy, store it, and then run a house if there's ever a blackout or a brownout. There's usually brownouts in California from fires. Um, mm. So this way you're protected for days um, if the sun were not to come oh, out again of a kilowatt system that big. I know. I had a generator in my last house, and it was indispensable. Yeah. I, I can't imagine not having one. I don't have one now because I'm living in a, a townhouse. But anyway, um, what ge geographic areas? I know you're a big national company. You acquired Blue Homes. So mm -hmm. you are delivering in all 50 states, but you're probably delivering more in the on the western side Correct. of the country. Why don't you tell us what a what a potential customer, what the what the steps might be if they live where I live in Connecticut or sure. in Florida. Sure. Yeah. So um, we try to deliver mostly on the West Coast to neighboring states with California just because of the cost savings of buying a prefabricated factory built home. You know, there's obviously cost saving advantages to that and delivering modules does come with an expense. I mean, just like delivering anything comes with an expense, but the further away you are from our factory, the more expensive it's going to get. Of roughly yeah. roughly speaking, it's about $15 a mile. So, you know, if you're within a thousand mile radius of our factory, it's about $15,000 per module to mm. deliver it. Yeah, that Outside adds up. of that, it adds up. So the cost yeah. savings can, you know, fluctuate quickly. But the good news is, um, just released in the press last week, is we're actually yeah. building a new factory in Butte, Montana. Oh, it's good. probably going to be the mo most likely the next factory that we build. Um, it'll be much bigger than our current one. Um, the capacity to build in it will be closer to about 2,000 modules a year. Um, right now, we're at about 200 modules a year, so it's a 10x improvement. And delivering from that space is going to allow us to reach more people in more states, oh, um, maybe even up to Canada. We don't know yet. It'll really largely depend on 
the yeah. trade in the borders, yeah. but it's yeah. going to expand. And then once we build that next factory, improve that model, we're just going to add another factory closer to the East Coast. And, you know, within a few years time, we should be able to deliver easily, safely across America. Well, your company has been so successful. I mean, I'm so impressed with your website. I, it, it was had so much helpful information for consumers. And I will also say I don't usually mention prices on any of the podcasts. However, when you see the wide range of beautiful one-story, small, two-story homes, you are able to get preliminary pricing. And of yes. course, Kellen is available to answer questions, right, Kellen? I mean, there's a there's Absolutely. a lot of point-to-point consumer direct information. Yes. But one the big thing about buying a home, of course, is financing. And I think that what what makes people hesitate about buying a new house is they think they need a construction loan. And a construction loan, you know, a bank will say, well, we can't, we don't lend money on land. And a construction loan is a very long, detailed, complicated process. Sometimes it involves, you know, two mortgages. But I, you know, if anyone knows me, I owned a bank consulting company for almost 40 years. And so I know who the good guys are. <laughs> so, because we're a compliance company. And I, I'm not only a big fan of Devel and love their products, everything about the way the company is run, but I was thrilled to see that they partner with the Federal Savings Bank so that anyone in all 50 states can get financing. And of course, people are always going to call their, you know, favorite loan officer, wherever they live. But can you tell us uh, briefly what what the terms might be that Fidelity is offering your customers who have, say, they bought a piece of land for, say, $50,000, and they've used right. up all the money they had in the bank, or maybe they borrowed it from their parents. So now yes. they're going into this transaction wanting to finance the purchase of a developed home. Can you describe what your bank um, Fidelity might offer in terms of kind of paying the customer back for the investment they made in the land already so that they end up with a little cash in their pocket for decorating? Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I'll speak to as much as I know, but again, we recorded another Office Hours. There's another video of Jeff Crowley who visited us on the video podcast um, session. He is one of the senior reps with the Federal Savings Bank. He's been lending, I think, for over 30 years. And he was actually part of the founding team on um, the Bernie Mae Fannie Mac Mac, um, team to finance modular homes way back in the day. So he's very well- I watched that video. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's great. He knows a ton. And, uh, you know, we went, so for the Federal Savings Bank is, is definitely one of our, our preferred lending partners. There are others that you can choose from as long as they recognize that, you know, A, there might be a construction loan involved. B, if not, do they, you know, finance these types of um, system built homes is, is a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, 
when you are going through the process with us and you're looking at building a home, if there is going to be financing involved and you cannot pay cash for the land or if you did, but you can't pay cash for the home, having a financing partner from you know nearly day one is one of the best things you can do. They're going to give you a ton of great advice about, um, you know, how you can leverage any assets you currently have, how you can um, afford the type of home you want. You know, there's a whole things, a whole bunch of stuff that goes into this, your debt to income ratio, um, you know, where the house is going, what the value of the asset will be once the house is on the land, et cetera, et cetera. So, as far as what people would want to do is, is really just reach out to Jeff. We have a, a specific landing page built with uh, yeah, Jeff at the Federal Savings Bank. And it'll put you to the front of the line, the front of the queue to get you answers and in contact from him a lot quicker than, you know, just reaching out one in a general purpose contact form. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because he knows that when people are considering us and they're looking at financing, it's, you know, they're very, very serious. So, um most, well, I'll speak to the Federal Savings Bank. As far as what I know, they will lend you the money to buy land, to um, buy the home, and they'll release it in a schedule as we need money yes, to pay for the right. home, which is a critical piece that it'll be released in a schedule. And um, if you tell Jeff at the Federal Savings Bank or any of your lenders that you're planning to decorate the home and put furniture in it, if you tell them that front front, they can build that into the, the loan uh, in nice. general from what I've heard and from what Jeff's told me. So um, as far as I know, the best thing you could do is just treat your financial partner, the lender, as if they're a doctor. Tell them as much information as you can. Tell them, you know, any assets you have. If you're planning to go in with, you know, your brother or sister on this property and split the land, just give them loads of information. And and they're meant to be these financial wizards that can help you, um, you know, conjure up the home of your dreams. That's great advice. Thank you so much. So, Kellen, how do people find you? Yeah. So me personally, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm really the most active there. Um, Devel, always Devel.com, D-V-E-L-E.com. We're actually going to have a new website that's coming out in a couple of weeks. It's going to have even more information on it, more for you to learn about, uh, you know, what goes into building our homes, what differentiates us from competitors. Um, so stay tuned for that. But if anyone wants to just stay up to date, watch our progress and see new homes go live and see open houses, um, your best bet is to go on Instagram, YouTube, or uh, even LinkedIn, uh, or Devel or Devel Homes on every channel. Well, all I can say is if if our listeners go to www.devele.com, develhomes.com, or Google it because they are very well known, um, you will see some beautiful, stunning models. You'll see a wide variety of shapes and sizes, but you'll also see a lot of good FAQ, very detailed instructions. I know we talked a little bit about, you know, one bank in particular, but their website does say they will refer you to a team of local real estate people to find land. They'll refer you to general contractors on a local basis, wherever you are, they will refer you to three lenders on their list, or you can shop for your own. So I find that the whole 
they're very consumer oriented. They want happy customers. And I'm sure that people are very happy with their homes. So Kellen, thank you so much. And I hope maybe we can talk again sometime with some more updates, maybe at the end of the year, see how your year went, see what happens with the interest rates. And um, I want to follow you. Yeah, thank you. Great company. Devel Homes. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, there's a lot's going to be happening this year. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Live in a Home That Pays You Back podcast. We hope you tune in again where we'll share more insider secrets so you get the absolute most out of your home. Check out Anna D. Simone's award-winning book, Live in a Home That Pays You Back. Available at Amazon and major booksellers in print, audio, and ebook. For more information, visit AnnaDeSimone.net. If you like what you heard, remember to follow Live in a Home That Pays You Back and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.